Hare Krishna, Vanshakalpa, Trubyas, Chakrapa, Sindhu, Bieba, Chapatitanam, Pavanavya, Vaishnavavya, Namo, Namaha. So, welcome back to our continuation of Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 12, Chapter 3. Uh, we've had a break because of Christmas, New Year's, Martin Luther King's birthday. And a lot of bad weather. <laughs> so we're back now to continue. And, and uh, we've gotten on, 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 uh, on Canto 12, uh, Chapter 3, the Bhumi Gita, we've, we've gotten up to uh, text number 9. But I'll do a little review of read the others first, so in case some things have fallen out of memory and have to be put back in your pocket, we can take care of that. So first I'll say Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So I'll just read the English. Remember this uh, chapter is called here the the uh, Bhumi Gita the Song of the Earth <laughs> you could call it, and uh, uh, that's the BBT. Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur just calls a description of the Yugas, and uh, <coughs> so uh, in the beginning, uh, uh, Devi, Mother Earth, is going to be speaking about the Futile endeavors of kings. That's what she talks about. Uh, so I'll just read the English, starting with text one. Shukadev Goswami said, Seeing the kings of this earth busy trying to conquer her, the earth herself laughed. She said, Just see how these kings, who are actually playthings in the hands of death, are desiring to conquer me. Text two, great rulers of men, even those who are learned, uh, 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 vidusha, wise, uh, uh, meet with frustration and failure because of uh, material lust, kama, it says here, because of their desires. Driven by lust, uh, doesn't necessarily mean just sexual desire, comma, desire to enjoy, be the enjoyer and controller. Ishwara hum maham bhogi, huh? Bhagavad Gita says. Driven by lust, these kings place great hope and faith in the dead lumps of flesh called the body, even though the material frame is as fleeting as bubbles of foam in the water. Kings, and this is text numbers uh, three and four. Kings and politicians imagine, first, I will conquer my senses and mind. I will subdue my chief ministers and rid myself of the thorn pricks of my advisors, citizens, friends, and relatives, as well as the keepers of my elephants. In this way, I will gradually conquer the entire earth because the hearts of these leaders are bound by great expectations they fail to see death waiting nearby. 
Uh, they're mostly kshatriyas. They're very uh, ambitious and enterprising uh, and uh, conquer the senses and the mind so they can uh, focus their energy. Uh, military training does require a certain amount of renunciation and willing to put yourself in the line of fire. The chief ministers and the thorn pricks of advisors, citizens, friends, and relatives are all those people who might also be plotting against you to take power. Always the sh There's always fear that surrounds the throne. Uneasy lies the head that bears the crown, the saying goes. Even the elephant keepers, I mean, they got the heavy artillery of the olden days. And so this is how they uh, are thinking like this. I'm going to do all this and satisfy my ad adventures. Then it goes on, text 5, After conquering all the land on my surface, these proud kings forcibly enter the ocean to conquer the key itself, key, sea itself. What is the use of their self-control, which is aimed at political exploitation? The actual goal of self-control is spiritual liberation. And uh, then uh, goes on. O best of the Kurus, the earth con continued as follows. Although in the past great men and their descendants have left me departing from this world in the same helpless way they came in, because at the time of death you're about as helpless as you are at birth, even today foolish men are trying to conquer me. For the sake of conquering me, seven, uh, materialistic persons fight one another. Fathers oppose their sons, and brothers fight one another and because their hearts are bound to possess political power. Remember, in the olden days, especially, civil war always meant war within the families. You know? Political leaders challenge one another. This is text 8. All this land is mine. It is not yours, you fool. Thus they attack one another and die. And now from 9 to 13, we have this list of uh, 30 uh, people that she cites as examples. And we just started on that particular list and we'll go back again. And I've decided to go through and refresh my memory about all of these. They are all described in the Bhagavatam, or almost all of them. Uh, these 30 great kings, which as far as the earth is concerned, they're all losers. Uh, 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 so uh, the, the list begins uh, uh, here. Uh, if you see, they're all done together. So if you just look at text 9, the list is Prithu Purava Gadhi Nahusha Bharata Arjuna Mandata Sagara Ramaha Katvangaha Dunduha Raguhu 
And I spent a lot of time looking all of them up and refreshing my memory, <laughs> and, uh, very, which is a lot of fun to do because I, a lot of these are in the ninth canto. And, uh, you know, I haven't read parts of it for a long time, so it was good. So the, this is the list. Uh, uh, Prithu Pururava Gadhi. Uh, um, so uh, Prithu, Maharaj Prithu. Oh, yeah, he's an empowered incarnation and with executive functions, Prabhupada says uh, in the uh, Bhagavatam beginning. And he's a Shakti of Ashavatar. So here, you know, I, I think the earth is a little full of herself. <laughs> but, you know, she's, well, I mean, you can see her position. She's there, she's long enduring, and these guys come and go and fight with each other. So she kind of lumps them all together. So uh, the word Prithu, Prithu Shrava, his, his name means uh, of wide renown. He's uh, famous. And Bhagavatam describes him as a Shaktyavesh avatar. Uh, uh, his, his father was King Vena was a bad guy, really bad guy. Uh, and Bhagavatam 279 says that uh, Maharaj Vena went astray from the path of righteousness and the Brahmanas uh, chastised him by the thunderbolt curse. Uh, he was burnt with his good deeds and opulence and was en route to hell. The Lord, by his causeless mercy, descended as his son by the name of Prithu, so this is the Shaktivesh avatar, delivered the condemned king Vena from hell and exploited all the earth by drawing all kinds of crops and produce. There's a little resentment there. We had explained this before. Uh, she was being uh, 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 maybe overdone. Uh, And uh, uh, Bhagavatam 4.15.4 says, uh, in the purport, Prabhupada says, similarly, King Prithu is an incarnation of the ruling force of the Lord. So he's exemplary as a ruler. Thus, the saintly persons and great sages predicted the future activities of King Prithu. This is at his birth. Who was already explained as a partial incarnation of a plenary expansion of the Lord. So that's his his queen is Archie, partial incarnation of uh, Lakshmi. So uh, the whole story of uh, Prithu is narrated uh, in eleven chapters of the uh, fourth canto. Uh, chapters 14 through 23. And last time I think I read the chapter titles, uh, he, how he milks the earth uh, and finally performs a horse sacrifice, a uh, hundred of them. And then uh, Indra becomes envious and steals the horse and then he attacks in, you know. So this is uh, 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 Prithu, which we talked about. Uh, then the next one uh, listed here is Pururava. Uh, Pururava uh, uh, is from the uh, dynasty of the sun god. Uh, 
there's two dynasties of kshatriyas, those from Vivasvan, the sun god, and those also from the moon god. And uh, uh, so Purulava is from the dynasty of the moon. Uh, he's also called Ayla. Uh, um, and so th there's a story about him. And I'm going to tell a little bit about this story because it involves a lot of sex change. So it's very contemporary <laughs> because there's a lot of gender fluidity going on in various ways now in the world today. You want to know it went on a long time ago. Uh, and uh, so the story is, is that uh, the uh, Vaivasvata Manu, uh, the father of Maharaj Ishvaku, uh, whose name was Shraddhadev, the Vaivasvata Manu, before Ishvaku he was sonless, and so he performed a yajna for a son. But the desire of his wife was, 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 was powerful, and because of her desire, he got a daughter named Ilah. But Manu still wanted a son. So to satisfy him, uh, uh, Vaivasvata Manu uh, prayed for Ila to be transformed into a boy. And his prayer was fulfilled by the Lord. Thus Ila uh, uh, became a beautiful young man named Sudyumna. Then he became a woman again. When he and his ministers entered this uh, Sukumara forest at the fount of Mount Sumera, uh, this was a place sacred to Lord Shiva and by the desire of Shiva's consort, any male who came into that forest would be trained and turned into a woman. So he was a woman, became a man, now is back to being a woman again. So when Sudyumna, uh, as a woman, he then, or she at this time we say, accepted uh, the son of the moon, whose name is Buddha, with one D, D-H, Buddha, uh, 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 as her husband. And that son was Pururava that we're just talking about now. So this is his, his um, mother was uh, 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 a, a man who became a, a woman who became a man and became a woman again. Then, by the grace of Lord Shiva, Sujumna received the benediction that he would receive, would live for one month as a woman and one month as a man. Every month, switch back and forth. Uh, and so, because he was then a man, you know, he could now go back and regain his kingdom. And he's described in the Bhagavatam as the king of the world, not just like any, you know. And as a man, he had three more sons who were very religious. This is Sujumna, right now. 
Then he entrusted his kingdom to Pururava and became a Vanaprastha. The people were unsatisfied with him because they were very confused because their ruler, you know, was sometimes a man, sometimes a woman. So then we have Pururava with this uh, interesting background. Um, so then there's a celestial woman named Urvashi, a famous Apsara, uh, who had been cursed by Mitra Varuna and had acquired the habits of a human being, it says. That is kind of low taste. So when she saw Pururava, the best of the males, it says in Bhagavatam, this is, I'm reading from Ninth Canto verses in the 14th chapter, the best of the male, who was as beautiful as Cupid, she controlled herself, pulled herself together, and approached him. Uh, when Pururava saw Urvashi, he eyes became jubilant, jubilant with the ecstasy of joy. His hairs on his body stood on end and he approached her. And then it describes that she was not happy with him, you know, because she had different habits. And then uh, was able uh, to create a, uh, a woman uh, uh, who was Agni Stali, uh, uh, made of fire, uh, produced out of fire, who was like, like her, a, a kind of counterfeit Urvasi, but he wasn't not satisfied with her. So he left her this, this kind of uh, duplicate. And he meditated on Urvashi. While he was meditating on Urvashi, uh, during that time, the Treta millennium began. And therefore, the process of yajna, of sacrifices fulfilling fruit of desire, appeared. And so, with this Agnishtali, you know, the, the fire sacrifice, he, King Puruva, inaugurated the Karma Kanda fire sacrifice. And Pururava considered the Yajnik fire as his son, was able to go to Gandharvaloka, which is what he wanted, because at the Gandharvaloka, Urvashi was hanging out with the Gandharvas. So that's the story of how the Treta Yuga and the Karma Kanda fire sacrifice was begun. That's the story. You, know, you can read about it in 914 and get all the details. Then the next one that's listed in this verse is uh, uh, Gadi. G with a long A, D-H-A, Gadhi. Uh, and Gadhi was the father of Vishvamritra. Uh, because the name of uh, Vishwamrita, the sage of uh, uh, austerity and mystic power, he, he, he has the name Gadi Sutta 
because his father was Gadi, who is described as in uh, Prabhupada describes him in the purport to 119. It says that uh, Gadi was a powerful king of the province of Kanyakubja, part of Uttar Pradesh. Although Vishwamrita was a Kshatriya by birth, he became a Brahmana uh, uh, in the very same body by the power of his spiritual achievement. Uh, so, uh, so he was uh, uh, and, and so the, the progression is that Gadi and then Vishwamrita and then uh, Gadi also became the grandfather of Janmadagna and the great-grandfather of Parashurama. So these are all uh, famous people. So Vishwamitta was a Kshatriya by birth, but because he became a Brahmana in that same body. Uh, and the chapter summary of this ninth canto 15 says, Gadi, who had a daughter named Sachavati, and then Sachavati married uh, Rikchika Muni. From the womb of Sachavati by Rikchika Muni, that's R with a dot under it, C-I, Ritchika Muni. Janmadagni was born, and then the son of Janmadagni was Rama, that is Parasharama. There's three Ramas. Then, uh, when a king named Kartavir Arjuna, he's also listed later on in this list of the Arjuna mentioned is a Kartavir Arjuna. When a king named Kartavir Arjuna stole Janmadagni's desire cow, Kamadenu, Parasharama, who is ascertained by, that means Rama with an axe, by the way, that Parasharama, he's the one that can, well, it describes here, who is ascertained by uh, uh, learned uh, uh, people, experts, to be a Shakjavesh avatar of the Lord, uh, killed uh, Kartavir Arjuna and then annihilated the Kshatriya dynasty 21 times. After Parashurama killed Kartavir Arjuna, Dhanmadagmi told him that the killing of a king is sinful and that as a Brahmana he should not have tolerated the offense. And therefore, Janmadagni advised Parashurama to atone for his sin by traveling to holy places. Uh, so much, sometimes Vishwamrita, the son of King Gadi, was uh, said to be a Brahmana and a Kshatriya combined. Um, because his father was a king, and normally, would, but, but he had these you know, extraordinary powers. And he killed a lot of Kshatriyas, you know. Uh, and so, uh, uh, it says in the ninth canto, uh, chapter 16, Vishwamrita, the son of Maharaj Gadi, 
was as powerful as the flames of fire. From the position of a kshatriya, he achieved the position of a powerful brahmana by undergoing penance and austerity. So you see there's some flexibility even in these days where, I mean, the point about birth is is not just heredity, but also culture and, and, and training. Uh, uh, guna and karma are actually the the real the real uh, determinations, according to the Bhagavad Gita, of what varna you are, not janma. That's not mentioned, but sometimes the guna and karma come along with with, with janma, especially when there's a you know cultures like that. The next one that's mentioned here in this list is Nahushaha. Nahusha. Uh, his story was that he, for a while, became a proxy ruler for Indra in Swargaloka. And then he made indecent advances on Sachi, Indra's wife. And so he was cursed by sages to become a snake. Uh, he's a grandson of uh, uh, Pururava. Pururava's eldest of his five sons was called Ayu. And then uh, this uh, uh, so so uh, uh, Indra had some sinful reactions for, because he killed Vitrasura, who was actually a Brahmana and uh, born out of a fire done by a Brahmana. Uh, and Nahusha was his, uh, his uh, uh, officiating priest there. And so uh, uh, King Indra was hiding out it says in, in the, the six. This is described in sixth canto, chapter thirteen. It says, uh, as long as King Indra was living in the water, wrapped in the stem of a lotus, Nahusha was equipped with the ability to rule the heavenly kingdom, due to his knowledge, uh, austerity, and mystic power. So that he could do it, he could rule in uh, in the place of Indra. Um, Nahusha, however, blinded, and because Indra was hiding out, wrapped in the stem of a lotus, because he was like a, changed into a snake. Nahusha, blinded and maddened by power and opulence, made undesirable proposals to Indra's wife, came on to her, with a desire to enjoy her. Thus, Nahusha was cursed by a brahmana, and later became a snake. And in the ninth canto it says, because Nahusha, Nahusha, the father of Yayati, molested, and Prabhupada says here, molested Indra's wife, Sachi, who then complained to Augustya and other Brahmanas. These saintly Brahmanas cursed Nahusha to fall from the heavenly planets and be degraded to the status of a python. Uh, consequently, uh, Yayata became king. And then it mentions again uh, in the summary of 918, 
uh, when Nehusha, who had six sons, was cursed to become a python, his eldest son Yati took sannyas, and therefore the next son Yayati was enthroned as king. Uh, by providence, Yayati married the daughter of Sukracharya. Uh, Sukracharya was a brahmana, and Yayati was a kshatriya, but Yayati married her nonetheless. So that's the other thing uh, that, that happened. Uh, so Nahushi is an example of somebody, a, a big ruler who fell down because of infatuation with material opulence when he got the, the, the uh, uh, and there is described in the 10th in the canto, 73, in the purport, uh, they, uh, they quote uh, Sridhar Swami, Nahusha became puffed up when he temporarily assumed the post of Indra. When out of pride, Nahusha ordered some Brahmins to carry him in a palaquin to an illicit meeting with Lord Indra's chaste wife, Sachi. So the Brahmanas were... <laughs> That's really heavy. The, his palaquin carriers... The brahmanas made him fall down from a position and became a snake. So those are the brahmanas that cursed him uh, for his pride and his uh, thing here. So that's a little bit of the story about Nahusha. Uh, uh, next is Bharata. Notice this is Bharata with a short A in this text here. Uh, because the long A, Bharata, as in the Bhagavad Gita, where Arjuna is addressed as Bharata, or Dhritarashtra is addressed as Bharata, uh, because they are descendants of Bharata, with a short A. So with a, when the A is long, it means son of or descendant of uh, uh, Bharata. It's a patronymic, uh, just like Prabhupada's name in his prana mantra is Saraswata. Namaste Saraswate Deve. I'm offering obeisances not to Saraswati, but to Saraswata. But there's a long A, because Prabhupada is a Saraswata. And then because it's two obeisances, then it's changed in the locative case, so it becomes Saraswate with an E in the end, which everybody says Saraswati, but it's not. It's Saraswate Deve. Um, just my pet peeve. Uh, people don't know who the... Because, yeah, to, you're offering obeys to the servant, so that there's that rule in Sanskrit to make son of or descendant of or servant of. You strengthen, you make the... You, you, you make, you know, uh, this bharata, bharata, and change to the A declension. It's already the A declension, so... Uh, it stays the same, so bharata... Uh, and Prabhupada mentions uh, the two different names of uh, address uh, of Arjuna uh, uh, that are given in the uh, Bhagavad Gita 2.14. Kunteya, his relationship with the son of Kunti, same thing, Kunti, and then Kunteya, you know. Uh, and then Bharata from his father's side, from his mother's side and father's side. So these, this descendant of the Bharata dynasty. And also the land is Bharata, Varsha with a long A. Uh, that's what happens. And Prabhupada says there's uh, 
three Bharatas, the, and the other one is the son of Maharaj Dushanta. The, that's where the short A, the three, this other Bharata. And this is the one uh, uh, that's mentioned here. Uh, the three Bharatas, with the short A, Bharata, the brother of Lord Ramchandra, Bharata, the son of King Urshaba, and Bharata, the son of Maharaj Dushanta. And the earth planet, uh, Prabhupada writes in the purport, uh, this is 112.20, is known as Bharata or Bharata Varsha due to King Bharata, the son of Urshaba. But then, according to some others, this land is known as Bharata due to the reign of the son of Dushanta. Uh, but he thinks, it's, Prabhupada said, as far as he's concerned, it's the, because of the reign of Bharata, the son of Rishabha. Uh, so that's the one we are concerned with here. Uh, Bharata, the, the Bar, excuse me, uh, Bharata, the son of Rishabha, uh, 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 who is uh, uh, and Prabhupada says in the Bhagavatam after whose name this planet earth is called Bharata Varsha uh, and so um, um, so he descends here from Rishaba and in this with, with Bharata he's the one he was in, in five Canto five seven. Uh, Bharata Maharaj is the emperor of the world. His activities are described, uh, and then he becomes very renounced, and he goes to the forest. They don't exactly take sannyasas or kshatriya, but he becomes renounced, and then becomes uh, involved in pet ownership with a with a with a uh, baby deer. This beautiful little gorgeous, uh, we call it a deer, it's actually a spotted antelope, but anyway, that's technically, but he, he becomes attached to this, and then he takes his next birth as a stag because of that, and then uh, uh, then in the next birth, there's a story of three verse in the, in the fifth canto, five, ch chapter 7, 8, and 9. Uh, he then becomes a human birth, but he's Jad, Jad Bharata. Uh, uh, he has the body of a Brahmana, but, uh, and then he becomes the carrier for King Rahugana, and then he enlightens King uh, uh, Rahugana in uh, 5, 10 through 14, his teachings to King Rahugana. That's that Bharata, the three births Bharata. Uh, uh, that one. It, very good uh, to read those stories to let you know many, many things. So that's that's uh, that's uh, the Bharata that's mentioned here with the short A, Bharata. Not Bharata, Bharata. 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 By the way, it's the short A, you know, in English we don't distinguish so much. But if you look at uh, English transcriptions of Sanskrit done by the British, when they would write Bharata with a short A, they would use a U because that, that, that unaccented A, that short A, 
just the uh, the it's called in, in in linguistics they call it the schwa uh, just that uh, sound you know it is they heard it as a u bodhata bodhata like that bodhata almost like the English would say a u just to make a little point there. Then the next in this list is Arjuna. Uh, this is described as Kartavirya Arjuna. Uh, uh, it, 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 Prabhupada says in the purport uh, 112 in the Bhagavatam 21, he says, in history there are two Arjunas. One is Kartavir Arjuna, the king uh, of Haihaya, and the other is Pandava Arjuna, the grandfather of Maharaj Pariksit. So this Arjuna is the uh, Kartavir Arjuna. And it says about him, uh, I'm reading from the ninth canto now, 23 chapter, uh, uh, these are texts 24 through 27. The son of uh, Kritavirya was Arjuna. So you see, Kritavirya, the same thing. The son of Kritavirya is Kartavirya. You know, with the long Krita becomes Karta. You know, the same thing. You add the the the, the uh, value of an a uh to it, and that Krita becomes Karta. It's called uh, Guna and Vridhi, uh, strengthening the vowel by adding the. Uh, 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 to it, short A, long A. Uh, uh, so the son of Kritavirya was Arjuna. He, Kartavirya Arjuna. Now that's Kartavirya, not Krita, Kartavirya Arjuna. So he's called Kartavirya. Became emperor of the entire world consisting of seven islands and received mystic power from Dattatreya the incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Thus he obtained the mystic perfection known as Ashta Siddha, Siddhi. No other king in this world could equal Kartavir Arjuna in sacrifices, charity, austerity, mystic power, education, strength, or mercy. Uh, for 85,000 years, earlier yugas, Kartavir Arjuna continuously enjoyed material opulence with full bodily strength and unimpaired memory. In other words, he enjoyed inexhaustible material opulences with his six senses. One of the thousands sons of Kartavir Arjuna only five remained after the fight with Parashurama. So that's where he had this fight with Parashurama. And then the name goes on to names his uh, uh, his uh, five sons that were like, because he was, uh, well, in the uh, purport to the 10th canto, uh, 7320, it's mentioned, as described by Sridhar Swami, because Haihaya, Kartavir Arjuna, because he's the king of Haihaya, he's dressed as uh, sometimes, even in Shakespeare, the king of England is just sometimes called England, even though he's Henry the Third or something, you know, 
That's what they, Henry the First, um, uh, as described by Sridhar Swami, because Hayaya stole the desire cow of Lord Parashurama's father, Janmadagni, Parash, Parasharama killed him and his impudent sons, uh, 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 except for these five. That's mentioned there. So that's uh, this uh, uh, Kartavir Arjuna, also known as Haihaya. Then, uh, because we want to get through this list of uh, going up to uh, some more people listed here. I mean, these are great stories, you know. I mean, I got to say, I got so... Uh, Mandata, uh, Mandata, his story is, and this is in the uh, ninth canto, Bhagavatam, and from the chapter summary of 9.6, it says that Yuvanashva married a hundred wives, but had no sons, and therefore he entered the forest. He was disappointed. In the forest, the sages, that's one reason to, you know, renounce <laughs> the hundred wives. The sages performed a sacrifice known as Indra Yajna on his behalf. Once, however, the king became so thirsty in the forest that he drank the water kept for performing yajna. Consequently, after some time, a son came forth from the right side of his abdomen. This is a not Kali Yuga. You know, this is like earlier. Um, the son who is very beautiful was crying to drink breast milk. And Indra gave the child his index finger to suck. There's a description, you know, of this, these times where the devas and the humans would mix. Uh, every, even European stories tell those. And one German poet has this remark, in the days that the gods were more human, humans were more divine. <laughs> so <laughs> this, this same period of time is mentioned. Uh, uh, and even in the Greek stories, the word myth is used for these stories, but the word myth simply means plot. You know, and because those later under Christianity, they became to be regarded as false stories. Now, myth means false stories. But then later, uh, post-Christian scholars refer to the Christian myths, you know. So, but anyway, a, the, a, a, a mythos, the Greek word myth, is a story. They happen to be stories about the gods. And, you know, that was the time. You know, there were many children born of sexual relations between gods and, and humans, and they were like semi-divine, you know. But these stories are there, and we see it as earlier yugas, when men were more, humans were more divine. So, so, so this son who was uh, suckled on the finger of Indra, which could put his hand could produce nectar, 
So he, 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 his nectar-producing hand, he drank uh, 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 nectar. The, the son became known as Mandata, that is fed from the hand. Uh, and then uh, Yuvanashva, his father, achieved perfected by performing austerities. Thereafter, Mandata became the emperor and ruled the earth, which consisted of seven islands. Thieves and rogues were very much afraid of this powerful king, and therefore the king was known as uh, Trasadhasyu, meaning one who is very fearful to rogues and thieves. Uh, Mandata begat sons in the womb of his wife, Bindumati, uh, these sons were, you'll recognize some names, uh, Purukutsa, Ambarisha, and Muchakunda. These three sons had fifty sisters, all of whom became the wives of the great say known as Sobari. In this connection, Shukadeva Goswami describes the history of Sobari Muni, who became because of sensual agitation caused by fish. Remember, he was meditating underwater and he saw these fish copulate. Fell from his yoga and wanted to marry the daughters of Mandata for sexual pleasure. Later, Sobari Muni became very regretful uh, and accepted the order of Vanaprastha, performed austerities, achieved perfection, and therefore... His wives also were described as how they became uh, 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 perfect. And uh, so that's the, uh, the story is there. Uh, according to Vishnu Chakravarti, he says that Mandata was the king of Matra and Sobari Rishi was engaged in austerity while submerged deep within the rivers of the Jamuna. He may have been there. When the Rishi felt sexual desire, he emerged from the water, went to King Mandata to ask that one of the king's daughters become his uh, wife. That's how that happened. So we have uh, three more to go. No, yeah. Oh, we go up to Katra, there's some more. Anyway, no, there are 15 lifted in this, yeah. Anyway, we, we'll go some more. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoy these little presays, and if you are really interested, go back to the Bhagavatam, look them up, and read about these interesting uh, stories of these kings who the earth just rattles them off and says they're just stories, but they're uh, quite impressive here. Uh, so we've gotten that far, and the next one will be... Uh, 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 Sagara, uh, I'll mark that off, and we'll continue a little bit with uh, with that part uh, there. Uh, and then the next one, that is Rama, who is not uh, Ramachandra, another king. They don't say which one he is, but uh, they just say that wasn't the one. And then... Uh, Katvanga. Anyway, we'll go on there. So we'll stop there. Uh, and uh, uh, really great stories, you know. 
And, and you know, the Mahabharata is also full of these kinds of, of, of uh, uh, stories. Uh, now we just get these Kali Yuga stories about imaginary people. Yeah, text 9 lists 12 kings, and then text 10 lists, lists 10 kings, and the text 11 lists 8 kings. <laughs> and it's just lists of names, <laughs> who are just names and lists, <laughs> just to make her point. <laughs> Kelly Lalita asks, she said, is there a relationship between Vishramrita and Vish Vishishta? Uh, I'm tr I'm trying to remember. Vishwamitta Muni. She said, to clarify, they are often spoken of by yoga teachers as enemies. Yeah, there was something going on there, and I can't I can't remember what it was now. Um. Talk about not having a memory anymore. Yeah, that that was the the the. There was. Um, this is the one about the cow. Where there was a we mentioned that. Let me just go and look at look up one thing. Vishista and Vishwamrita, huh? Let's see if they occur together. See, knowledge means knowing where to look it up. You don't remember. How do you spell Vishista V A Vishista V mm -hmm. Is there an S H somewhere? V I S A S H A. Oh, there you go. Vashishta. Again, it's not coming out with a lot of hits. It's H-T-A. Vashishta, there he is. I can't find anything. She said you can tell her later, too. Yeah, okay. That wasn't the story of the garland and the elephant. Hmm? The garland offered to the elephant, ended up on the elephant. Mm -hmm. Troubles about this thing too, if you spell things slightly wrong. Sage Vaivishvatama, no, Vishishta and Vishramita, no, I don't know. Okay, go ahead. Did you find when you were looking all these names up, is there any sort of reason to the order in which all these kings are listed? No, I couldn't see any a particular order that the uh, that the earth gives them in, or even as they appear in the Bhagavatam when they show up. Sometimes, it, you know, people are telling stories, and one story reminds somebody of somebody else, and it's a good point, and it's worth knowing, and you know. Great stories, huh? Ratan Chakrabarti asks, um, in the age of Kali, why are people so materialistic 
deviating from the real goals and becoming spiritual of life. Why more conflict and chaos are going on even selecting real supreme God? Well, that's just the nature of Kali Yuga. It's seasonal, just like there's you know spring, summer, and honor, winter. There's the cycle of yugas, and this is the Kali Yuga. And it's just a chance for all those souls who really want to like do bad things, to really get away with them and or try to get away with them. And and uh, it it just says that Kali Yuga deteriorates all the good qualities of the human being. But if one has taken birth in Kali Yuga, it's not because you're free from sin. It's not a great birth. And uh, uh, Things deteriorate, the power of the earth to produce things, the power of uh, food to nourish. Uh, we're all victims of brain damage. Uh, and uh, we've lost contact. Uh, the, the, the yoga cities were very common. Uh, people in previous ages and people with yoga cities uh, they, they, th that was the world they lived in. Uh, you understand something about yoga cities. They're not miracles. It's not magic. As Prabhupada said, miracle means you don't know how it's done. Uh, and so the, the devas run the universe and do everything by their yoga cities. Those same de devas control all our senses, all our, 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 our uh, cognitive senses of knowledge and senses of action, karma indriya and gyan indriya. All this goes by deva, uh, covered by devas. They can open them up and they can shut them down. Uh, uh, the, 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 and so th these people in the early days who, who were more advanced. You see, the big myth, the big myth of modern times is this myth of progress, that we are getting better. And the whole earlier history of the earth and of the human race is lost to us. And we think, yeah, if people couldn't write, because writing was invented about you know, around 3000 BC, that's when history begins, as far as we're concerned, is when evidence of writing appears. So we think that writing, oh, we've advanced, now we can write things down. People had memories, they didn't need to write things down. You know, it's not a, 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 a advancement. Uh, and, you know, even Socrates is quoted by Plato as saying, yeah, that this is like people become stupid and they don't really understand things because they write things down. And they don't know things from the inside. So, you know, we are really don't know the past of the earth. We dig a few holes here, we find this, we put it together, but we, we have no idea. Uh, of what really happened, what was really going on. And, and, you know, we don't even see what's happening now. Uh, the way the devas see it. So, so there's lots of subtle energies that we don't have access to. Uh, and there's, 
You know, to some extent, we can gain these uh, by uh, uh, by the practice of whatever you achieved in earlier ages, but can be done by by the Sankirtan Yajna. But you really have to practice it. So that's how you find out these things. What's what's really going on and what really happened? But but you know the 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 whole Vedic process has been made available to us briefly by Lord Chaitanya. There's supposed to be, uh, you know, ten thousand year golden age of Krishna consciousness uh, in this Kali Yuga, because this is the one once in a day of Brahma Lord Chaitanya comes. And that's supposed to be 5,000 years up and 5,000 years down. I've heard that Prabhupada said these things. I don't know if I've ever encountered them in writing. So, you know, it's, it's early. But it started already. Bhakti Greg asks, Were all of the kings mentioned in this verse from one specific yuga or various yugas? I th- I, uh, well, f- from different yugas, uh, some of them uh, from from uh, you know like Ramachandra, uh, uh, Treta Yuga, and also from Kali Yuga. Such Yuga, I'm not quite sure. Usually in such Yuga, everybody's a Brahmana. <laughs> this is like, but uh, um, and those egos last, you know, last long, much longer than than Kali Yuga. Yeah. I have one question: um, the king. Now that you mentioned so many kings' names, I don't remember. Was with an S that could change gender month to month. Yeah, yeah. Is that the same king that was able to king? kill Grandfather Bhishma on the battlefield? No, that's different. different. Okay. I'll just, I'll read it as it's being typed. (laughs) This is from Maharidi. He says, this is is interesting regarding the way Socrates describes the process of impaired understanding caused by writing things down. Mm -hmm. He's bringing up that topic. Does it mean that if the people start searching databases instead of their own memories, then their understanding is even worse. Is that correct? I would think so. Uh, he, he, he is. I, I haven't read the original Greek, but but when when um, when he, uh, I'll get the exact quotation from you. Just a second. That this uh, from this quotation from Plato, the way he complains about. Uh, about it, or, or quote Socrates as complaining about it. Um, he says, um, uh, let's see, this is the... Uh, he just adds a comment that he sees it a lot in medical students. Yeah, I, I you think that because you can look it up now, that people stop even, it's becoming even worse. Uh, see, Prabhupada says, let me first for you, here's what Prabhupada says. Uh, I'm, he, this was an address, it's in the database to the uh, Ahmedabad Rotary Club in India. Prabhupada said, formerly there was no need of books. 
Therefore, our Vedic literatures are known as Shruti, which means that which is heard. The student will hear from the, the master, from the teacher, Shruti, uh, 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 and then he quotes, Tadvigyanartam sagrum evabhigachit shrotiyam brahmanishtam, that, uh, that word shrotiyam, he hears, He's quoting uh, that th- that the guru is uh, uh, who he he approaches that person and and he's shrotiyam he's one who has heard he has Prabhupada says he's expert in understanding the Vedic conclusion but it really means that you've heard it but it's not just you heard it but you've somehow made it your own you've absorbed it. Uh, Simply by hearing, they'll remember. This was, Prabhupada continues, that, that, that was going on until the date of Vyas, 5,000 years ago. There was no need of writing. People were so powerful in their memories, they could immediately remember everything by hearing once from the teacher. And also, uh, the way teaching was done was you would hear and you would repeat. That's the idea of sutras. You'd condense it down and you take little little kids and have them at the age of five just chant, and you can remember everything and then tell them to unpack it, but it's all in their heads already, you know. Anyway, it goes on. Then Vyasadeva, when he saw that Kali Yuga is coming, people's memories will not be so sharp. Then he wrote them down all these Vedic literature. He, he's called Veda Vyas which means arranger or compiler of the Vedas. Vedic knowledge was already there by, by tradition, by hearing, but in time he wrote all them down. So he talks about how these symptoms of Kali Yuga are there. So then uh, Socrates, who, who's, you know, uh, 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 he's supposedly born in 470, B.C. and then died in 399. Uh, so Plato, in, in one of his dialogues, let's see, the Phaedrus, uh, quotes Socrates as saying, or remembers Socrates as saying, uh, uh, Plato says that uh, writing, uh, his judgment that the, well, Socrates, that writing did not improve memory and increase wisdom, he said it has the opposite effect. He says, now I'm quoting now from an English translation of the Phaedrus, it will introduce forgetfulness into the soul of those who learn it. They will not practice using their memories because they will put their trust in writing, which is external and depends upon signs that belong to others, instead of trying to remember from the inside completely on their own. You have not discovered a potion for remembering, that is writing, but for reminding. You will provide your students with the appearance of wisdom, not its re- with its reality. Your invention will enable them to hear many things without being properly taught, and they will imagine that they have come to know much, which f- to know much, while for the most part they will know nothing. And they will be difficult to get along with, since they will merely appear to be wise instead of really being so. 
That's his complaint. So I think this reference to try to remember from the inside is a way of describing what Prabhupada called realized knowledge, vijnana, as opposed to merely external theoretical book knowledge, jnana. Uh, so this is, see, in the Kali Yuga, uh, the, the date calculated by Sataputta is 3102 BC. Sometimes the different systems get slightly different. So, and that's about the same time as that people uh, say that writing has been discovered. See some petroglyphs writing on rock and stuff. You can see it. And they usually just list, you know, shopping lists and things. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's what... Uh, and, and of course... Uh, traditional Vedic learning that uh, people really remembered stuff. And they would be able to. Uh, uh, this devotee named Shukavak studied uh, Sanskrit in the university. Teacher who had been trained as a traditional Brahmana, and he could recite the whole Rig Veda Samhita syllable by syllable, going forward and then backward. Because as a child, a Brahman child, he was taught to do it. Because fire sacrifice has to be precise. It's like modern science in that it's a precision is required. You get the wrong pronunciation, different results can be there. So that's how they would learn them, forward and backward, syllable by syllable. But they don't do it anymore. They all learn computer coding instead at the university so they can make money. No one pays for the sacrifices anymore. Sponsors them. Maharidi says, thank you. And we have one more question here from Ratan Chakrabarti. He says, some people ask, what's the reference of chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra? I had presented the text of Srimad Bhagavatam 12.3.51, but they are asking in that text, Krishnasya, is it only indication, is Krishnasa only indicating the, uh, the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra? I think that's the question. Well, it doesn't have to be, uh, but chanting the names of the Lord. Lord Chaitanya used the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. But it's I interesting that, that for example, uh, Prabhupada uh, quotes uh, uh, Hari Nama Krishna Yadavaya Namaha and other uh, kinds of things he said. This is another way of chanting the, the, the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. He, he, uh, he says, uh, so it's, it's at least uh, chanting the names of God. On the, on the, on the, uh, on the, uh, the, the idea that because God is absolute, Nama Namanaha Abhinatwa Nama Namanaha because there is no difference between the name and that which is named. So if I say water, 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 I'm still thirsty. But if I say a name of God that's actually a name of God, uh, I'm actually in contact with God. And then if, if, if I increase my ability to chant that with, with attention, uh, I can become more and more purified. The potencies, to chant the name correctly, one has to chant while trying to become free from offenses. 
That's the cultivate the holy name. It's there, but to 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 for its potencies to really be activated, one has to be chanting on the clearing stage, which starts with paying attention. It's an offense to be inattentive while chanting. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, this is the offense which all other offenses spring. So you may notice that when you're chanting the names of God, the mind wanders. You bring it back, you're at least clearing, trying to clear up the offense. Uh, so that's, uh, that's the, what's, what's there. But, uh, but, uh, any, any name of God uh, is, you know. Uh, Question from Tulsi Priya. She asks, if internalizing knowledge is better than just reading it in books, why is it that people demand Shastric reference even when you say the exact, the, say the same exact thing in Shastra but without citing the reference? Because they don't trust your memory, I guess. <laughs> You're not a walking library. They used to call these people who in the Vedic and earlier Indian times, when, not just Vedic times, but in, that, of the, these living libraries because, because they could, you know, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya is very famous. Uh, he's the one that really established uh, in Lord Chaitanya's time uh, Navadweep as a center of learning because he had gone to Matilla where uh, Pakshadara Mishra, who was teaching Nyaya logic, Navanyaya, and he only had the only copy of the, the main book in his possession, and there was, wouldn't allow it to be copied. So he would maintain the, the monopoly on this Nyaya. And Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, just by hearing that book, it's a long, complicated book, and also memorizing some of Pakshadar and Mishra's own commentaries. Got the whole thing by memory, went to Navadweep, and then Navadweep surpassed Mithila by just by his memory. That was Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, who was following Lord Chaitanya, who was only a grammarian, you know, who only studied grammar, got put down, you know, that's a. Uh, Shishu Shastra, that's uh, subject matter for children. <laughs> it says, people, Keshav Kashmiri, that's just Shishu Shastra. It's not a high status grammar than logic, Vedanta, which also, by the way, Savabhama Bhattacharya studied Vedanta the, the, uh, in Benares, in Varanasi. So that when Lord Chaitanya didn't, although Sarvabhama Bhattacharya was, was born in Nadia, he had finally had gone to be the uh, to, to Puri because he liked, I guess, a Hindu kingdom better, one under Muslim rule, and was a was a court pundit for the main court pundit for for King Maharaj Pataparudra, and then when Lord Chaitanya, you know, came there. After he was taking taking sannyas, fainted and was taken to the Bhattacharya's house, and then they had a discussion on uh, on, on logic, and and Sarvabhauma Bhattacharya had studied uh, not logic uh, Vedanta, because he had studied in Banaras where they where they taught Vedanta was the Shankaracharya Vedanta. So Lord Chaitanya gave another understanding of Vedanta, which was theistic. 
Tulsi Priya's comment seems that it demonstrates their lack of memory. They ought to know what you're talking about instead of demanding you to dig out the chapters. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Could be. Uh-huh. Along those lines, I was just thinking about um, how often Srila Prabhupada's commentaries are verses. If you look at what he's writing, he doesn't yeah. always quote, you know, this is from that's this verse, true. but it's actually, if you look, it's, they that, are that, references. That's verses. quite true. If you, if you know a lot of the literature of Bhagavatam, you can see that sometimes Prabhupada's purports is just one verse after another, uh, pulled out of his memory and, uh, and laid down, sometimes in his own w- words, but it's basically these verses. He thinks in verses, actually. In his lectures, you can, you can, and once, then he'll switch into Sanskrit for a little bit, go back into English, but he's thinking in verses. Is there another stage, too, of not just hearing and memorizing, but just hearing and imbibing, like having a realization and like an implant, imprint on you? Yeah, that sure. Sure. That, that's real, real. Realized knowledge means you've experienced for yourself. You should see that these things become more and more known as the modes of passion and ignorance start to disappear. You see, you've got to understand our regulative principles. I think a lot of dev- devotees think of them as moral principles. That is to do with right and wrong. And really in the realm of morality is reward and punishment. You go to heaven, you go to hell, or you go to, you know, take birth again, you go, you know, these are rewards and punishment. They're actually the regular principles are principles of knowledge. So you notice no university today in the West or in the world cares how moral you are. If you can do the work, if you can do the lab work, you can do the mathematics, if you can do the experiments, it's okay. It doesn't matter if you're a complete creep otherwise. Whatever you do, it doesn't matter. And so what, what knowledge that we have given to us that we learn through our principles, they can't recognize it. They can't see it. So, you know, when I was started reading the fifth canto, and people are complaining, you know, Prabhupada said we haven't been to the moon. We haven't been to the earth. And I think that a whole lot of the earth is blocked from us right now because we don't see it the way the devas see it. We can't go places that they can go. You go up in the Mayas, turn left, chant a mantra, and you're in another place. It's there, but you can't see it somehow or other. Maybe something like that. Along those lines, I was just thinking of even a little bit of understanding that we might have, say, like some basic understanding of the three modes of material nature, and then you can see how the world is acting in yeah. a little different way, which people without that knowledge don't recognize it. Sure. Um, so I can just imagine when you have a much more knowledge how the world appears. Yeah, if you have Shastra Chakshusha, you see through the eyes of Shastra, that's one of the first things that, you know, it's in the Bhagavad Gita about the three modes of nature. You know, didn't know them. You never noticed them before. And then if you start to look at what they are and their qualities, and we need to know it because in ourselves we, we should see. Our test is that the modes of passion and the modes of ignorance are disappearing, are 
decreasing and the mode of goodness is increasing. That should be the effect of chanting and of, of not eating meat, fish, or eggs and all these other things. Uh, the, the, you should, that's what you should see. Uh, it's like taking, and you've got to experience with yourself. And then you can start to recognize it in other people. And people can't help themselves. You know, their idea, their standard of happiness is in the mode of passion or the mode of ignorance. I once knew these people that uh, they were a little passionate during the week. They went to school. They, they, they did different things. The weekend, what they did was take downers and sleep. How, do you, how was your weekend? Great, I slept for 48 hours. That was their idea of a good time. That, you know, you could, they're not, oh, yeah, man, that's the mode of ignorance. You know, this is your idea of, of happiness, is just be able to go to bed and not move. Intoxicants, downers, you know. And you'd ask people like that, you know, how do you feel? And they just name the drugs they've taken. <laughs> it's just like, that's what that's what it is, you know. Uh, so there's there's not much interest these days uh, of this standard of improvement being the standard of the the mode of goodness is disappearing. Uh, right now, our standard of advancement is the standard of mode of passion. What, according to the Bhagavad Gita, is the result of the mode of passion? It's misery. What do you do when you're suffering miseries and you can't do anything about it? You, you know, you go to the mode of ignorance. You blot out everything. That's what you do. Just read that chapter of the Bhagavad Gita and then look at the world that way. You start to see Shastra Chakshusha. You see, you start to see things. Things become revealed. And we have a lot of progress to make in the mode of in the mode of uh, uh, of goodness, even what to speak of beyond the modes. Whoa, that's something else again. That's another big surprise. Brahman is defined is that which being known, all other things become known. When you start to know Krishna, then you start to know everything else. If you learn things and leave Krishna out, you don't know it. You see Maya. <laughs> that which is not. And so, so Krishna, he transcends the world, but he also includes it. So that when Krishna is known, all else becomes known. So we haven't even been to our own backyard. If you don't know Krishna. <laughs> That's the implication. And not only do you start to know Krishna, but you start to be used by Krishna which is even more satisfying. Not only your cognitive senses, but your senses of action, your cognitive senses, the technical. Both of these are being controlled by Krishna. 
which is a really a cool feeling if you ever get there. To get there, you had to be very small. The, the, the path of advancement in Krishna consciousness is the path of humility. And that's very, very hard because the path of advancement in the material world is the path of pride. And that's a real parting of the ways there. <laughs> you know? And if you start to become advanced in Krishna consciousness, then you can't become proud of your humility either. And advertise and make sure people will tell you, tell other people how humble I am, or whatever. <laughs> anyway. That's why Trinada Pi Sunichena, you know. These these are this is this is how one really, if you really want to know anything, this is what you need to do. That's not the American way. Or Chinese way or <laughs> Japanese whatever. <laughs> okay, we stop there. Next week we'll continue with our list of uh, Kings who are learning to be humble. Thank you much. Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai.